podcast where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jerry Archuleta, and today I am joined by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. And uh, I'm going to say it right up top here. This is the last regular episode for the entire year. Um, Then we get to retire. And then E's going to retire. Yeah. Had a good run. Yeah. So anybody wants to be the third person inside of podcast, go ahead and email at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that is exciting. It's like the uh it's it's like it's a whole end of an era. Uh, I think on podcast sites, uh half of this year has been listed as season two. So I guess we'll be going into season three next year. How does that work? I don't know. You just mark it, I guess, and then that it does it. You should just never have a season three, just continue just on. Always season, season two. two. <laughs> A good way to actually do that is season two should be when we made the format change. That would actually make sense. That yeah. would have made way more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. New seasons should only be with format changes now. That's a good point. Um, but <laughs> for this last regular episode that we'll be watching this year, we're going to be watching This Is Where I Leave You, starring Jason Bateman. Just like last week, where it starred Jason Bateman. Yeah. But before we really start getting into talking about that, E. Hi. What's up? What's going on? Uh, I watched a documentary on Deep Blue. That was really interesting. The movie? No, I, I know the one he's talking about. The um, chess machine. Yeah, the chess computer. It was like one of the oh, first chess down computers. down the rabbit hole. I started watching that at work, and then I was like, oh, this is way too long for a lunch break. It's two hours long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was good. Um, I think last time I was talking about, I started NSR. I beat NSR. Uh, that's pretty good. It is a really rough around the edges, but um, I remember, I think on one of the live shows we were talking about like Psychonauts and like double fine kind of like jank. Yeah, it kind of has that feel to it. I would say, kind of okay. has a double fine jank to it. Like everything like works, but like kind of maybe it doesn't. Yeah, like I was at the boss, and then the uh, cutscene got desynced somehow. Huh. And, like, the <laughs> portraits would show up before they were supposed to. Weird. Okay. And I was like, this is weird. And then I restarted, and it was fine. So I don't know how that happened. Huh. I, I, that's a weird bug. Yeah. Um. And then I've... That's mostly it, I think. Cool. Uh, Robbie. Yeah. What's up? What's going on in your life? Uh, A lot of the more usual stuff, things have actually been slowing down at work, so... That's why the bags underneath my eyes aren't quite as <laughs> pronounced. Yeah, as pronounced. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think I told you guys last week, whenever we did the episode about the computer that I found on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually listened to that Deep Loop documentary while I was taking the power supply out of my normal computer, so I can power up that other computer. Because he realized this was actually Deep Blue itself that someone <laughs> threw off the side of the yes! road. <laughs> well, because no, I took it apart. And, like, looked at all the components, and everything inside of it looked fine, even though the case is basically destroyed. Because, like, uh, whoever tried opening it, like, literally just grabbed the side of it and tried prying it open while it was still <laughs> screwed shut. Cool. Yeah. So they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, like, a computer, and I'm like, this doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, even weirder than that, because, like I said, I, I checked everything, and, like, not only did everything look like it was still functioning, it was clean. And this computer is old. Like, uh, whenever I put in the serial number for it, it was built in, like, 2008. You know what I would bet, Robbie? What? That it was something that was used for, like, filing or for, like, taxes for a business, and somebody stole it, and then they realized they didn't know what to do with it, and so they put it on the side of the road. I mean, that's what I kind of thought at one point, but, uh, like I said, I was listening to that same Deep Blue documentary that he was talking about, 
Uh, but I didn't want to buy a new power supply just to see if this computer actually worked or not. So I just took the power supply out of my computer. So listened to a two hour long documentary while like pulling wires out of my computer and then putting the power supply uh, into that computer so I can power it up. And uh, I booted it up and computer works like everything in it. It works fine. It's the thing weird. about it is uh, it has a bootleg copy of Windows 7 on it. And uh, a MAME emulator. So chances are they're using it for illegal things, even though this is technically just an office computer. Well, illegal I'm... arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe actually. <laughs> illegal illegal arcade I found a secret machine. computer for the black market of underground arcade machines. They put it in like a cardboard like cutout of an arcade machine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like don't like besides that, like there was nothing else on that computer. There was just the um the MAME emulator, some ROMs, and uh, a bootleg copy of Windows 7. That's it. And so, like, whoever had that computer, I'm guessing was doing illegal things on it, and then they just uh, formatted their computer and threw it to the side of the road. You know what another get- good guess is? Maybe it was just Bitcoin mining. No, not this one. No? Uh, this not computer is enough? new. <laughs> uh, this thing has, like, a Radeon 9200 in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Radiators. And, like, an old Pentium 4 processor. It's all about those, those. those get pent up really badly. I yeah, heard. yeah, I hear it's all about the Pentium. <laughs> um, no, this is an older computer. Like either someone got a newer one and just didn't know what to do with this one and threw it away, or <laughs> see that doesn't like I like... said that or like I said like the fact that it was cleaned out means that like maybe they were doing something they weren't supposed to on it and then threw it away. But well, like why? I'm would not the willing to dig that deep into it. Stick on it. I <laughs> have no idea. That's literally the only thing I found on there. There's something weird happened on that computer. Yeah, for sure. I don't know yeah. if I. I don't know if I want to dig into that mystery too much, but yeah, like so. Chances are, I'm just gonna be like taking that to recycling when I find time to actually find a recycler in the city and take it to them. You don't want to see if anyone wants to buy a decade old computer that <laughs> might be illegal. <laughs> oh, almost definitely illegal. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the listing on. Craigslist. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> almost definitely illegal. A 12 year old computer, almost definitely illegal. It needs a power supply. Runs MAME. Runs MAME. <laughs> Runs AIMS, needs a power supply. Maybe a new case. <laughs> Other than that, like, I think I was telling, uh, I told you guys before we started recording that uh, uh, I decided to, like, play through the original Silent Hill recently, and I recently beat that and found out that there's a, there's a nice bug at the end of that game if you have the PS3 version. Or I guess the PSN version they get on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, when you're fighting the final boss, if you use the pistol at any point throughout that fight, the sound gets completely fucked. <laughs> cool. Like <laughs> you know, whenever like uh, uh, like old school speakers, like whenever you unplug something and you just hear like that until you plug something back into it, uh-huh. it was that for oh, the entire boss fight. Cool. Yeah. You didn't like try to reset. I mean, I was already in the middle of the boss fight, so. That seems awful. <laughs> I just took my headphones off and kept playing. How do you know? I don't know. How do you know that's not just a weird Silent Hill thing that you just happened to discover? Just like I, they I added that in the game that it fucked with your sound. Yeah, just to like make it that much more unpleasant to fight the boss. <laughs> I mean, I looked it up on the internet, and that's what the internet's told me. Yeah, but the internet's wrong a lot. But yeah, uh, other than that, it's kind of more of the same. Like I said, things are slowing down at work, so I'm not completely overrun all the time now so that's kind of nice you don't have 12 hours of overtime each day no <laughs> um cool cool all right how's the person who didn't pick up a computer on the side of the road great i don't have an illegal computer in my house Dang. yay <laughs> yeah doing good uh this is 
I hate to hate to spoil it for everybody here. Uh, this is recorded very, very early. But yeah, good. Uh, only thing that's been happening in my life lately is I threw a Halloween party. And that was super fun. And did like a whole murder party mystery thing. You guys were both there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a pretty great time, I think. He did the murder. Yeah, yeah. My character did the murder in the end. But everyone thought that my character did the murder. Excuse you. I guessed correctly, and it was only me. Yeah, he was the only one who guessed correctly. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. But besides that, uh, just working on this podcast a whole lot, spending a lot of time, ed- a lot of time uh, editing this thing. It's a good time. But yeah, uh, like I said, we are recording this episode early, and it comes out on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving! Merry Yay! Christmas! I hope you're enjoying your turkey. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, and also, I'll say uh, the day that we're recording this on uh, is 11-7-2020. And, uh, hey, we just learned... Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, hopefully everything goes well and Trump doesn't fuck things up a bunch. We'll see in the future. Hey, you guys know yeah. by now, I guess, probably, right? If you're listening hey, to this. What if he doesn't pardon the turkey this year? No! <laughs> He's like, if I'm not going to fucking be president next year, what's the point? This turkey no gets turkey. to rot in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to eat if you just get to rot in jail. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, President-elect Biden. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, now we just have to like live with Trump being a total dickhead for three months, but only three more months, except instead of another four years. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but in order to stick to the Thanksgiving theme that of when this episode is coming out, uh, I got a question for you guys. I will start with Robbie. Okay. What is your like most standout Thanksgiving memory? Like the the one Thanksgiving you're like, man, no Thanksgiving could ever match this Thanksgiving. That's kind of a hard one, mostly because like I don't have a whole lot of Thanksgivings like that. <laughs> since you're in Utah for so long and they don't celebrate Thanksgiving there. Yeah. Um I think probably one of the most out or one of the most memorable ones, I guess I should say, is there was about fourteen years ago, I guess, because I was sixteen. Oh jeez. Um that was a year that uh I was, you know, doing sports and stuff because I was in school. Yeah, sports at, as ones does. Um I might have been 15. I was 15 or 16. I got bronchitis that year, and I was sick for, like, three months. And, like, right before, yeah, thing, yeah, right before Thanksgiving, they, like, shot me with a steroid and had me on antibiotics for, uh, for like, a week. Okay. And, this is uh, a good memory. Yeah. Weirdly enough, yes, because, uh, <laughs> like, at that time, like, I was six feet tall, and I think I got down to about, like, 130 pounds. <laughs> like, I was six feet tall. I went down to, like, five foot. <laughs> But no, I'm just saying for like how skinny I was during that time. But like I was told that I needed to like gain some weight. And so Thanksgiving was just around the corner. And so I ended up going to my uncle's house. And I think I gained 15 pounds in three days from how much I ate. That's not safe. You ate an entire turkey to yourself. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. All right. E. All right. Same question. Most okay. memorable Thanksgiving. So this is going to sound weird and arbitrary to you, I guess. It's not like a specific Thanksgiving, but. Uh, the deviled eggs that my grandma makes on a certain platter. That is the most memorable Thanksgiving. What? Just every time those eggs are there? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's just a, it's like a Thanksgiving-specific thing, almost. We don't make them that often. So oh, that's my... Kind of like my mom's peppermint pies? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. yeah so uh, there you go. Okay. Because the other thing is just arguing with my uncle. That's not exactly pleasant. Okay. Uh, for me, um, it's not eggs. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact age, but it was at my grandma's house. And I just remember it being, like, really, really pleasant. And, like, I got there late, but the food was still out and wasn't put away yet. And, like, had a bunch of food and hung out for a while. And it wasn't, like, super, super cold outside. 
but there was still snow so we could hang outside and it was just my like nieces and nephews were real small and they were real cute still and so it's kind of anymore no no now they're old <laughs> now they're old and annoying no, no i'm kidding if any of them are listening to this <laughs> but they're now or in the future because the internet yeah yeah no i don't i i don't remember my exact age i was like early 20s or something yeah it, it was just a really good memory I thought of a better answer for me, actually. Okay, cool. Uh, one of these, one Thanksgiving, we went to my uncle's and he bought a deep fryer for the turkey, <laughs> and we took that deep fryer, we deep fried random shit in it, and it was amazing. Like a hot pocket, a burrito, just random shit. I mean, that was great. Yeah, you have a fryer, you gotta put that stuff in the fryer. Yeah. <laughs> I think pizza rolls. Mmm. I think we lost something in there. Probably. <laughs> yeah. If it's supposed to be a turkey, I bet you lost a few things in there. <laughs> So there you go. There's a better answer. All right. Why are there Skittles inside of this deep fried turkey? (laughs) Okay, so that actually goes into my next question, also Thanksgiving related. Uh, E, we'll start with you on this one. I think I might know your answer. What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Like the the normal like layout of foods, like you have your like uh, stuffings and your turkeys and your cranberry sauce and all that. Like what's your favorite like traditional Thanksgiving food? Mashed potatoes. Just any? Mashed potatoes. You mean just any? Like, it's not like a specific, like, this person who makes his mashed potatoes is always the best. It's just like any mashed potato on Thanksgiving? It's mashed potatoes, yeah. Okay. Like, nothing special about them. I mean, they're good in sandwiches. Okay, we're not getting into your sandwich thing. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, same question. Uh, that is a long list. Um, I'm always good for, like, turkey that just, like, covered in gravy. Well, that's it's always cla- good. Obviously, you have to have that on your That's plate. classic. But I'm saying, like, um, what's the one thing? Like, you go to, like, a... Sp- like a splayed out thing on table. Like, what's the first thing your hand goes to to pick up on your plate? Turkey and gravy. <laughs> you just you're very traditional. Then. <laughs> you, I mean, that's the first. Wow, thing, what a like, crazy concept that on Thanksgiving <laughs> we like Thanksgiving food, huh? Uh, that counting on who made it because that's one of those things that I grew up fi- are finding out. Because like my mom makes a really good green chili. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like counting on who makes it, they could actually. Th- there's a lot of people who just know how to ruin it. Yeah, dry ass turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say but, um, your mom's green chili on some turkey is fucking mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Jill actually made her first uh, green chili. I gave her the recipe that I made it, or made green chili with, and she made it for the first time not too long ago. Oh, nice. the one with the ones from the back alley green chili deal yeah. you guys did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With our back alley green chilies. Yeah. Um, I think one thing like, uh, like that me and Dry found out as kids is that cranberry sauce, the one that just comes specifically from the can, makes like a really good like jelly sandwich with the dinner rolls it's true it's fucking good yeah like, it's it's one of those things like as kids we kind of looked at it like i don't know that seems kind of weird and then we became obsessed with it but here's the thing you don't want like homemade cranberry sauce like it doesn't work gonna, yeah like, it, it doesn't work like it's literally just like a soggy biscuit at that point yeah in time. like you want the yeah you so want you to take the can you dump it out you cut it like a piece of bread yes, yes. And then you throw that in the roll yes. yes like you want it to still have the shape of the can that it came out of or else it's shitty cranberry sauce. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't think anyone in my family actually like uses the canned cranberry sauce. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But, like, but that with dinner rolls, like it's weirdly good. Like it's I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like just a cranberry jelly sandwich. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> my favorite food is actually one that like I've come to the realization recently is as a kid, like I did not eat many vegetables because, you know, kids. But like I will fuck up an entire platter of green bean casserole. I don't know why. Like, I don't even like mushrooms, and there's mushroom soup in it. Like, I don't even like unseasoned, like, green beans, really. But, like, there's unseasoned green beans in it. 
It's like fried onions on top usually. Yeah, fried right? yeah. onions on top. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know why, but like that mixture, it just yeah. It, he, mm. You don't like any of those things by themselves, but put together, and you will fuck up that entire yeah plate. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's kind of how food works. Combining stuff <laughs> kind of gives you <laughs> good. No, that's stupid. Listen, Mister Scientist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. I mean, I don't like eating a raw flour on its own, but like cook that into bread. Mm. You put some eggs, some water, some milk in there. Some sugar. Oh wow. Like, just, I know what you're talking about. I eat raw flour all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of definitely like family orient, family specific kind of Thanksgiving traditions for sure. Yeah, like, right. That's like, not a. That's why like Thanksgiving. I don't know. Like a lot of people like kind of are dismissive about Thanksgiving. It's right between the best holiday, Halloween, and uh, another holiday, Christmas. Some people might have heard of it. Um, <laughs> you missed Boxing Day, actually. Oh, how could I miss boxing? <laughs> um, but like it's sandwiched between uh sandwich. Uh sandwiched between those those two. And so like it's like everybody like celebrates it in America, obviously. But like I feel like it gets dismissed as like this this fun holiday, but it really is just like a place to celebrate family tradition and just like get together and hang out and not have to like care about other things. Also get to eat ten times your body weight in yeah, food if you so It's also like the one day where every American's like I want to die eating today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's always great. Rewind back to me being 15 years old and eat, or gaining 15 pounds in three days. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah. safe. Yeah, I've got to say, that I was mean, probably not great. <laughs> once again, like I had bronchitis for like a month and a half or two months or something like that. Went down a lot in body weight. <laughs> that's, still, that's still not safe to, eat, to gain that much weight in that little time. Listen, if Christian Bale can get away with it, so can I. I can't say I anything don't agree to that. With that. <laughs> he definitely has trainers and he pays millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't think they're like, hey, it's Thanksgiving's coming up. Go ahead and just eat the turkey, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the bones are actually good for your bones. I hear marrow is pretty good, actually. You want to, like, try to get marrow out of turkey, though? Yeah, That's it's so... going to be hard. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> but, like, risk-reward, you know? <laughs> I don't think there's enough reward in that. <laughs> I think that's just risk. But, yeah, I guess let's uh let's get to the movie here. This is where I leave you. It is not a Thanksgiving film. Uh, in the traditional sense. Yeah. But. No turkey. There might be turkey, actually. There's a lot of food. Um, No pilgrims. No pilgrims. But, like, it has that family vibe to it and, like, that Thanksgiving vibe to it. That ever since I, I first saw it in theaters, I'm like, man, this is, like, such a fucking Thanksgiving movie. Like, okay. it's, I don't know, like, it's just, like, very family-oriented and, like, there's food everywhere all the time in the movie. And it's like that, I, I guess I won't spoil it, but. We'll talk about that more once we get to it. But yeah, uh, it just reminds me of Thanksgiving and gives me that Thanksgiving feeling when I see it. So, uh, I guess first we should go with uh, E. Hi. You've clearly not seen this movie. No, I've never heard of it until today. (laughs) Robbie. I've heard of it, never seen it. Cool. E, why don't you take the first crack? What do you think this movie's about? Uh, Big family dinner. Uh, The mom's (laughs) like, hey, my sons, come over and we'll have a dinner and bring your wives and your children and we'll have a nice old dinner. But one guy, one of the sons has a kind of rocky relationship with his wife and they're nearing a divorce. And it ends and he's like, you know what? This is where I leave you. And he leaves her at the parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> so very literal interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And it's just like that weird awkward tension after like grandpa says a little 
a little racy. It's joke. a little too racist. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just that feeling the whole movie. <laughs> okay, all right, uh, Robbie, what do you think this movie's about? So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say because you you said this is a, yet another Jason Bateman film. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing this is like the indirect sequel to The Family Fang, <laughs> <laughs> of where like they meet in secret for their. Thanksgiving family, or yeah, their family Thanksgiving, and the dad is still trying to play pranks on everyone, and everyone's just like, yeah, I don't, like, don't fucking talk to me about this. <laughs> and then it's, up. his mom finally actually gets up the courage to, like, talk, or to, like, tell him about all the shit that she put him through, and tells him, this is where I leave you. Okay. And she stabs him. Ooh. Ooh. Twist. <laughs> and then it was all in our project the entire time. Yeah. What? Except he's still just bleeding out. Yeah, he's, he's like, just, <laughs> he actually has to die. It's art, you know. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll read the uh, the back of the box here. When their father passes away, four grown siblings bruised and banged up by their respective adult lives are forced to return to their childhood home and live under the same roof. That's the yeah. whole description. I think it's funny how we have, like, when it comes to the back of the box, we have ones that are, like, one or two sentences long for the description. And we have other ones that are, like, a small novella on the back of the box. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Well, when the director was seven, he first thought of the idea for this movie. <laughs> My name, or called me Ishmael. I, mean, I still remember, like, it was like the Blade Runner one where it's kind of just circle jerking the oh, <laughs> director yeah. yes. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, E, yeah. Uh, I know this part interests you a lot. All right. Uh, it's 103 minutes. Okay. So, not bad. Not, not bad. too bad. Not too bad. Uh, and it is rated R. Why? <laughs> Actually, I kind of ask why, too, for some things. Okay. They um, say fuck twice. Language? Sexual content and some drug use, uh, but it's on TV a lot. It's on TBS and uh, like TNT and stuff a bunch. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to edit out the yeah. language in it. It's honestly the language is mostly unnecessary, really, uh, and most of like the sexual stuff like isn't well, well, some of it I guess, but it's like it's stuff you could pretty easily edit around and make a very like friendly TV movie version of it, honestly. But that's not what Jason Baseman wanted. Just he just starred in it. Uh, he didn't have anything to do with any of the other prop. Pro- uh, yeah. Also, here's an annoying thing. Okay. So you can watch this movie online if you have a premium subscription to Hulu, YouTube, Sling, or a cable TV uh, subscription. So um, maybe like YouTube TV? Yeah, so like the Hulu TV, YouTube TV, Sling TV. Uh, what I'm What I'm getting at here is that TBS owns the rights to it for some reason for television broadcasting. Oh, so if you have a some sort of cable TV subscription of any kind and it has TBS, you're then able to watch the movie. And if you just happen to find it, <laughs> yeah, um, that's the only place. That's the only way you can stream it, which is strange. So you um, can just like outright rent it then. You can rent it. Okay, but that's the renting is different than streaming. Fair. Uh, renting you can on YouTube, Google Play, Voodoo, and Amazon for two ninety nine. Or you know, pay sixty dollars a month for YouTube TV or Sling TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the easy way. <laughs> or if you're one of those people who still has cable, just hope it's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> just check every day. Is it on? Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Got to wait again. Yeah. Dang it, I'm working then. I guess I can maybe take the time off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I guess let's watch the movie? Okay. All right, we'll be back here in a little while with our non-spoiler takes on This Is Where I Leave You. Talk to you guys in a little bit. And we're back from watching This Is Where I Leave You, came out in 2014, based off of a book under the same name that came out in August of 2009, I forgot to mention that earlier, 
Um, but now we know. Yeah, let's just get into the thoughts right away. I actually want to start with Robbie first. Okay. What'd you think? Non-spoilers. Uh, non-spoilers, I'm starting to think that like Jason Bateman just likes to play in family drama movies with a little bit of a dark sense of humor to him. He's good at it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> or maybe he's typecast like that. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah like it has somewhat of the same feelings as um, The Family Fang did, but it, it's complicated. It does make you think, though. It, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is a family drama. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's on the nose, but there's like a lot of tropes in these styles of movies that you see that are definitely inside of this movie, too, but... All in all, like I said, it is a good movie. It is heartwarming and charming, but does have some of its flaws, but it, it's a good movie. I'd say it's worth seeing at least, so since it's so fucking hard to stream, I guess I would say a rent. <laughs> well, I guess it's not hard to stream. It's expensive to stream, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Relatively. Yeah. Okay. Uh, e. <laughs> <laughs> like It probably didn't help that we watched back-to-back this style of movie starring the same guy basically yeah yeah i didn't like it's not bad or anything i just didn't really feel like there was much to it Hmm. which is weird like i know it's a good like deconstruction of this kind of story and probably like if i like when it was new it was probably really interesting as a deconstruction i don't know it was 2014 as the movie told you right out (laughs) yeah but (laughs) i just i don't know like it it has a lot of elements of stuff I don't like. It's a love story. And this might be slightly spoilery if just cut it out if it is. It's a love story with a bunch of sexual undertones and also about cheating. Which are three things I don't like. There's there's a lot of cheating in this movie. You can't. There's a lot of cheating, but I wouldn't say it's about cheating. The cheating is a catalyst for a lot of the movie. Can I say that? Yeah, I would call it more of a movie about self-discovery, though. I think that's fair, but, like, also... It's a movie a about self-discovery through cheating. Not through, Not through cheating. cheating. <laughs> the main character is at least one of the characters that doesn't cheat. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, just, like, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't really jam with me. And the movie's funny, I'll give it that. But just, eh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say pass, it's- like... I'll it's gonna be a weird situational pass. Pass if you're gonna like watch the family thing. Watch one of them probably. Pass on the other. That's that's really what I'm getting at. I think if you had to choose between the family thing and this movie, it would be the family thing. Yeah. If you had to choose a Bateman movie. If you had to choose one of the Jason Bateman's movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess as for me, yeah. Like I like I said in our little preamble thing. Uh, it's just kind of like a very fam family-based thing um like it it reminds me of that feeling of thanksgiving of like all your family coming together you haven't seen for a while and just kind of everybody talking and there's dumb arguments that are really weird and awkward and everybody's like kind of starts to remember everybody's chemistry and talking again and that one one relative that just really loves talking about sex and it's really gross and why do you do it every time yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean to be fair we have those relatives in our family yeah I mean, everybody does. Yeah, that's what I said, that one relative. That, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't know. It just it gives me that, like, Thanksgiving feeling, honestly. Which I know is, like, weird. It's definitely not a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, it's very Jewish. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but, like, yeah, it just kind of has that feeling of going back home, which I guess is not quite something that maybe, like, E, you have felt, because you've kind of just lived in the same town. Yeah. Um, 
But like, it is a very strange feeling, like moving away and then going back and visiting people and like, oh hey, right. here's that person I went to high school with, and they like work at this place now, and like, here's where everybody's life is at, and like, kind of getting this weird like one week quick update on everybody's life. Yeah, I definitely was kind of like I felt that through it. Like, oh yeah, this is like if you, it's like when I visit Mon or visit down in the valley. Yeah, say. <laughs> it's it's like going to the valley, and it's like. Yeah, you get like a little snippet of what everyone's life is. You visit the one Sonic because that's all you can do in the valley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It just uh, it fills me with that feeling and like a weird sense of. And I, I, I talk down on nostalgia quite a bit, uh, pretty openly on here and everywhere. But like, it gives me a weird like family nostalgic of like a simpler, a simpler family time, I guess. Um, Before you realize everyone's terrible. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, I think you—it's not that you talk down nostalgia. I think it's you talk down on my kind of nostalgia. No, no, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty open about like I think nostalgia doesn't have like a place in most in in most criticism in life. You're not allowed to be nostalgic. <laughs> like I I I say a lot how like I'm not very nostalgic for like this and this and like I I don't like keep hold of old things very much, uh, which is weird because I collect film. But yeah, like this makes me feel nostalgic for like. Something I don't really have, I guess, which is a weird thing. But yeah, I honestly, I really do enjoy the movie. I think it is incredibly funny and darkly funny. And uh, it does what I think a lot of really good films do of when you watch it at different points in your life, it means something different. Uh, at least for me, that's how it's wound up being. Like when I first saw it in theaters, it, it was just like a weird, almost uh, a weird family drama almost. No, like a weird like uh, romance movie, like almost like a romantic comedy kind of thing when I first saw it. And then I saw it again, it became something else and became something else. And now it's kind of like uh, brings me back to like that uh, family Thanksgiving kind of feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's changed its meaning over time, which I think most good movies do. I think uh, most movies that anybody has any kind of feeling towards, they should at some point like give a couple years between viewings and go back to like a movie honestly, and then, like, it's probably going to mean something different, because it just depends on where you're at in life and where your mental uh, mental space is. I, and for me, this has been one of those movies that's really good at that. I Honestly, this is very surprising, but I honestly do really love this movie. Uh, I think the cast is fucking stacked. It has, like, an all-star drama cast that I honestly love. Yeah, titty lady, brown-haired girl, other brown-haired girl, <laughs> other brown-haired girl, brown-haired guy. Okay, first off, you don't even recognize faces. No. <laughs> if you did tell me this was the same guy from the last movie, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> because exactly. he has a beard in this one. <laughs> That's some of it, quite frankly. But yeah, like, it just has a bunch of really great drama actors and character actors that I think are honestly really great. This movie has one of those weird senses to where it's, uh, it's an all-A-listed cast, but it feels like it has almost like a down-to-earth indie script to it. Yeah, which I think comes a lot from the writer of the book also being in charge of the screenplay, which we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Cause I did read the book. Yeah. I, I will say that this movie <laughs> is kind of hard to dive into like what we feel about the movie and why we feel that way without getting into spoilery sections too, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that big old long spiel to say that I honestly do really love this movie and I would recommend a buy. Um, it's a dark family related drama. Um, and if you don't like that, then you don't like that. Like, yeah, don't bring your grandma to it. 
or do honestly like i think honestly uh, grandmas would relate to this movie pretty well i think <laughs> I depending on the grandma my gram i don't think either <laughs> of my grandmas would like this movie very yeah, that's much that's true yeah that's fair your grandmas maybe not yeah um, don't bring my grandmas yeah do not bring ease grandmas to this movie for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> um but i guess yeah let's uh get into the spoilers and really talk about uh the details of what we liked and didn't like be right back are back with the full spoilers. I'm going to give a quick little uh, rundown of what happens in this movie. 60 second synopsis, go. So we start off uh, with Jason Bateman walking through the streets. We figure out that he works at a radio station and uh, is kind of the producer for a radio show. And it's a very man type show. like Very obnoxious talk radio. Yeah, yeah. Like a he, very in your yeah. face host that's just kind of like, hey, fuck you, man, kind of yeah, attitude he, with everything. You know the types. Yeah. Um, Don't shed a single tear. Yeah, if you shed tear, you're not a man. Yep. Your estrogen levels skyrocket. How dare you not tier. fuck bitches and hoes? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and then he is going home one day, and he gets home, realizes that his wife is sleeping with his boss, who is the host of the radio show, and learns that they've been doing that for a whole year. Not only that, but it's on their anniversary. Yeah. Um, or birthday, no, it was or birthday or something. Yeah, 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 yeah birthday. Yeah. I was going to say, because he got a birthday cake for his wife and then brought it to her, and then kind of just walked into her fucking his boss while he's holding her birthday cake and then yeah. like sits down and waits right next to them like oh well shit this yes. is happening yeah uh that obviously destroys him and leaves him uh impacted quite a bit as you can imagine and then it cuts a few months later and we see that he's living in a super shitty apartment and sleeping on a couch yeah and he gets a call from his sister saying that his dad died and that his last wish wish was for all of the family to sit shiva which is a uh, Jewish tradition. Yeah, seven days. Yes, you're supposed to sit seven days and... Uh, Grieve. Yes, mourn the passing. And so they all do that. They all go back to their childhood home with their mom, who wrote a book about them, and what all they're growing up... Uh, How they masturbated. Basically, yeah, a bunch of their sexual things and their awkward moments and what that meant and how that let them grow into who they are and all that kind of good stuff. And... um. From there, you get introduced to his sister and two brothers and their significant others, which lead to many hijinks throughout the movie. The oldest brother is trying to get pregnant with his wife, and it's just not working. They've been trying for like two years or something. Not working. And the youngest brother is sleeping with his therapist. And And then the sister is in an incredibly unloving marriage with two children to a very rich man. And the main, main protagonist is freshly divorced, but doesn't want to tell anybody. Yes. Uh, and so they're going through all this stuff, sh- sitting Shiva. Eventually it comes out in one of the Shiva sitting things that he did get divorced, even though he's been hiding it all this time. And you learn that there is a person at home uh, named Hori that the daughter, the sister, uh, fell in love with when they were kids. And they were lovers all through high school and uh, didn't work out. Got in a horrible crash. He had brain trauma. She didn't. She moved away because she couldn't deal and neither could he and it wasn't unfair and all kinds of stuff that we'll probably get into in a little while. Anyway, you find that out, and then you eventually get to the part where they spill the beans about the uh, main character, uh, played by Jason Bateman, and his divorce, and everybody in town knows, because it happens during one of the Shiva sessions. Yeah. During a session where his sister's like, you should just talk about it, and like, if, honestly, if this is one of our get-togethers, they'd be having like a kind of quiet conversation about it, trying not to let anyone else know, and then somebody that just overheard it would say loud enough for everyone in the room to hear and like suck the air out of the room and be like, you're getting a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I was expecting, but I think that's more our family than anyone else. Oh, it's like, no, I'm getting a Riv horse. Come I'm getting on. a Riv reversed horse uno (laughs) draw four (laughs) and not only that but while he's in town uh, our main character runs into an old flame from high school who stayed in town and Bree falls in love with her basically and then later in the movie we find out that the main character's ex-wife is also pregnant and all kinds of stuff with that eventually Another big plot point we lead into is that we figure out the mom is a lesbian, has been for quite some time, and uh, yeah, everybody kind of ends miserably slash not miserably in the end. It's uh, kind of one of those, it's not a, I would say it's not a miserable ending, I think it's kind of everyone grows a little bit kind yeah. of ending, so it's, I'd say it's a bittersweet ending. Yes, yes, bittersweet is how best to describe it. Uh, it basically ends with our main character saying like, yeah, I'm going to help raise this child with you. And uh, not going to be in a relationship with you, though, because I still fucking hate your guts. Uh, but we can still raise this child together. And him trying to go off and discover who he really is by himself. And uh, the, young, the oldest brother finally giving the youngest brother, who is a giant screw-up, a chance at the business. And to not screw up and be a part of everyone's lives still. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I would say that the ending and big plot points aren't really the biggest thing about these. It's the smaller emotional moments within yeah. these that is... Uh, the real meat of this story, I would say, or the meat yeah. of the movie. It's a movie about the relationships, not where they end up, really. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For it being a slice of life movie, that's kind of, I want to, I don't want to say it's a cliche of them, but it is kind of one of those life goes on kind of endings. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I just want to kind of get the the general sense of the room of like, I know we kind of talked about it in the non spoiler stuff, but like, what is the things that I guess we'll start with E here because right. you're more uh, eh on this movie. I think it's weird. it was the exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think because yeah, I think it's it kind of goes from like high to low. You, me, and then E. Um, yeah. Um. So I kind of want to. What was? What's the things that really turned you away? I, I I know like the exact things, the relationship parts and stuff. Yeah, like that's most of it. Like some of it's just like, and I know the characters are supposed to be kind of shitty because mm-hmm. that, but like. Some of it's just kind of like how blame gets shifted a lot in this movie. I'm going to say I think there is a bit of victim blaming with the main character. And there's one scene in particular that really rubbed me the wrong way is when he and his sister are sitting on the roof. And he was like, I was in love with her. And she's like, you were being cheated on for an entire year. And it's kind of this sense like uh, apparently he's it's his fault that he was getting cheated on. I don't think she means it's like it's his fault that he was cheated on. It's just like if you really did love her, you would have noticed that she was cheating. I don't like, but that's kind of part of what it is. Like that it's apparently on him, though, is what I don't like. Like, I didn't get that sense from it. I don't know. It's, I didn't get that a, either. I think it's it's not so much that's on him that he got cheated on, which I, if anything, she may, uh, if his ex-wife in the movie was a lesser character and they try to play her more as like the bitch character in the movie. She probably would have found a way to try to blame it on him, but she wasn't. She just kind of a shitty person that's in a shitty situation. But, uh, it's more or less that he was so enthralled in making this perfect life for himself and making his career the best that he could. And he wasn't paying attention to her. And like, it's not so much that it's, it's not so much that's his fault that she cheated on him. It's just that he was so, Oh, what's the right word I'm trying to look for? 
he's so focused on moving forward and making this perfect life that he wasn't noticing what was ha- it falling apart in front of him. Again, there's other parts in the movie that like really make me feel that like because a big thing is they reveal that he and his wife had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and that he kind of became a bit distant after that. Right. And that was kind of the catalyst for her cheating. Mm-hmm. And again, like it's stuff like that. Like, I know that's the point of the movie is to show the cheating. Like, but that's like something that requires conversation and stuff. And the fact that they've been, that she was cheating an entire year. It's like, again, like it kind of downplays it a bit. And again, I feel like it's kind of like takes the blame away from the wife. And again, it's again, some of it's just how this movie is structured. It's a focus on the family, not that specifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think if it was more a movie about him specifically, it probably would do a lot more with that. It's just a lot of that. And this is going to sound weird, but I think they kind of did the, uh, the boss guy dirty in the end because like when they were first revealing like she was pregnant they really made it sound like the boss guy was like okay yeah i need to step in i need to be a father and then he just kind of throws that away and some of that's kind of the character they set up but it's an issue of he's a side character and he doesn't get enough really time to understand him and he just is like nope i can't i was never gonna do this and i'm just gonna fuck off um i think for We'll start at your first point. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had a couple. There's lots to unload there. Yeah. Um, when, with the, um, the miscarriage, I think for a lot of relationships, that's, that's kind of the hardest thing. Because if you're trying to get pregnant, right. uh, that's, that's a big thing for a lot of people. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and so when they have a miscarriage, from what I understand, like when a couple has a miscarriage and they're trying to get pregnant, it seems like that's really a turning point for a relationship. Like there's two things that happen. They either uh, come closer and they they bond with it and they become a stronger couple or they fall apart and separate. I think this shows the case of them falling apart and separating. Like both of them gave up on each other. Um, it wasn't, it's not like a simple case of like, um, they like separated and then like, or like they mentally separated and like she cheated and like, she's the bad guy. Um, it's, they both mentally separated and they both stopped caring about the relationship. Yeah. Like there's no good, good guy in this yeah, situation no, like, with it. Good like, guy, they, no bad guy. It's just, they, they broke. They broke. Really. And I get that. I guess uh, some of it's just kind of like cheating is the biggest breach of trust I think someone can do. So I know that he's not like flawless either. I know that he is a very flawed character. He is not great. And that he was probably, he was distant as they put it. But like, I think there's just a really big gap between being very distant and cheating on your spouse for an entire year. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's one of those things where you could see they fell out of love, kind of. Um, it's like how I view it, I guess. And instead of just admitting that the main character you see, he, he didn't. He Like like Robbie was saying in the movie said, um, he went along and he just tried to create that perfect life still because he just didn't want to admit what was happening around him. And it's mentioned a few times in the movie, like, this character is not the complicated type. Like, he doesn't try and make something, like, work. He doesn't try to, like, work through things. It's just he, yeah. he does the thing that's the do easiest. Yeah. And then for... The, the wife character, like, it literally is just that, like, she didn't feel anything for him anymore, and she had all but moved on entirely, basically. Um, here's here's a, something that'll go into the book, because the book and the movie plot-wise are pretty similar. There's a lot of things I really don't like about the book. <laughs> they have a fourth brother, Gerald, in the book, and he's a dancing 
star. And He's he a just Tom Bombadil. Comes in and he dances all over this. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's crying. Um, no, like the um, it goes way more into the emotional betrayal and the distance between them in the book, mm-hmm. um, than it does in the movie. Like, there's a lot of discussions between the two of them about where where they are in their relationship, I guess, and how they both agree, like, they were already separated be- once they lost that child. Like, once the miscarriage happened, they were both done. They just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, I don't know. I think the movie does a pretty good job of saying, like, not every not everything is, like, not every case is the same. Because, like, uh, the scene you mentioned on the roof. Yeah. Um, When his sister is... Trying to sneak back home? Right, trying to sneak back home from across the street where Hori is. She's walking back and that's when they have the scene of like um when she gets back onto the roof she's like it's not the same as with you and your wife like i'm not your wife yeah like i don't know i think it maybe this is just me not, not putting everything like into like one box like we have we had th- this basic discussion when it was the last kiss as well i yeah. think i mean yeah. that was um, a little more aggressive on my part i will admit um, yeah yeah um but like i just think that not all not all cases are the same Oh no! And I yeah, think that this I agree movie does you. point that out pretty well. And I think, like, honestly, the well, except for the youngest brother. Actually, I should add: is the implication that she had sex with Hori, or just yeah, was yeah. okay? I just thought she went over there. No, no, she had sex with him, okay. and she was walking home the next morning trying to sneak back in. Okay, her walk yeah. of shame, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Does that put her in a different light as well? No. <laughs> okay. Like uh-huh. I, like I kind of thought she did, and again, like. As I know she says that it's not the same, but like it is a very similar situation of just the love's gone kind of. Gotcha, gotcha. But, um, and I'm not again like this movie does a good job at showing like there's not like a central bad person, bad guy. Yeah. In a lot of these situations, like just a lot of complicated people. Yeah, because and- like even in the I'm gonna like in the most structural. Of the, like, couples is the one with the guy who can't have a baby. hmm Like, it's not like they're not trying or that there's, like, a big issue. Sometimes life happens. And even they're, like, have a lot of structure. Like, the guy refuses to go in to check if he's sterile because he's scared of finding out, basically. Right. I, I had a point to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost my point, but, like, I, I know, like, it's not all, um... I know it's not, like, a binary option, like, cheating or not cheating. Right. Like, even, like, this movie, uh, how I view the cheating between the wife and the husband is very different than how I view the cheating of um, The Last Kiss with the wife. And, I should have said a different word. <laughs> but how I view, like, how they cheated in The Last Kiss versus how I view how they cheated in this movie are very different. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, I think the one thing that this movie does really well is it takes that one story plot, basically, and each sibling basically has to deal with a different version of it and different context. Like, I think the only one to where you can be like, all right, bad person, villain right there, uh, would be the youngest brother. Cause he just, he's still trying to better himself. Yeah. He's still trying, but like he definitely, yeah, he just was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think if you had an alignment chart, I guess you can say, (laughs) yes, he's the, he's the closest chaotic. He's chaotic, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. They're all stupid, but he's chaotic. Yeah. Between lawful, smart and chaotic, stupid. I don't think any kid passed the halfway point on that chart, but (laughs) (laughs) I think probably the best one is maybe, or is like maybe lawful normal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, I don't, I guess to get back to the original point of lettuce here, 
I don't think that the movie like ever is like trying to like victim blame him at any point. I just think it's one of those things that's where like there's no like one person at fault is kind of what it's getting at. It takes something that in a very black and white world would be this is bad and makes it very gray. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Like some of it's probably just like experiences and stuff I see is like I do see a lot of situations where like in those cases people try to just shift the blame onto like like someone will get cheated on. It's like, well, you're both obviously had something happen. Right. Or else you wouldn't get cheated on when the reality of the situation is sometimes people suck. True. And True. some that does taint a lot of my viewings of these kinds of movies because, again, like, I view cheating as just one of the worst breaches of trust, regardless of where it ended up to. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You had a second thing that you went yes, off on. Yes, um, I was saying that as, like, they kind of did the, uh, the douchey man-up guy bad oh like, right i it felt weird because like this movie is fairly like multi-dimensional with a lot of its character but i felt like he ended up one note he's that, extremely one note right and like i feel like they were hinting at something with him and they just dropped it for me i felt like they were just hinting that he's just kind of a man child anything like he doesn't really know how to take responsibility for the world around him and so he sees something that's going to get complicated and he's going to have to step up and take responsibility and because he doesn't want to do that, he walks away from it. Yeah. I, I like every, I think every step in the movie, you see his character, like the very beginning, whenever our main character wants to like go over reports uh, yeah, with he, him, he's like, no, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah. Can't do it. Got a headache. Going home. Yeah. And then whenever he's caught, he tries to get yeah. out of that as well. Saying like, it was the first time they've done it. Even though his wife's like, no, we've been doing this for an entire year. Yeah, the first time on the yeah. side. First time on our side. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the doctor's office, he's trying to, like, go around what the actual problem is, and he's not, like, taking any kind of, like, responsibility for it. He's, he's like Robbie said, he's a man-child. Uh, right. So I think the movie, like, never, like, gets away from that point of him being a man-child, and it gets to the point to where, like, he's actually faced with, like, hey, here's what this is, this is what you have to do, man up, essentially, and he can't do it. But again, like, it's more like that he just ended up really one note in a movie where most of the characters... Are just not that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's, that's a fair criticism, honestly. Yeah. I will say something I do like about this movie it is really good with Chekhov's gun. They yeah. are really good at hinting at it. Especially the first scene, one of the first lines you hear from that guy is, like, justifying cheating on someone. Like, yeah. saying, like, you gotta bang a four, whatever that means. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and then the next thing you see with him is he is cheating. And so I was like, oh, that's why he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every, it, it, it is very good with that actually. Yeah. Um, something that becomes full circle. The main character, Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. uh, is having a conversation with the youngest brother's, uh, girlfriend and her, she's basically saying this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie actually too. She's like standing on their porch drinking coffee and she's like, Hey, like just between me and you and the sunrise, uh, I just need a friend here and someone to like talk to. What do you think the odds are that your brother slept with that girl? Like, um, between you and me, I think he 100% did. And she's like, "Wow, uh, thank you for that." She's like, "I don't know what I was thinking. I'm an adult. Like, I have my shit together. I don't know what I was doing. I just I fell in love, and I don't know." <clears throat> and then the this is my favorite line. Like, the, I don't know why, but this line like really sticks with me throughout like all the movies. Like, you are not the first woman to have faith in my brother, but you are far and away the best. That's a really good line. Like, it's just a really fucking good line. (laughs) Like, as volatile as that relationship was, you can tell from just what you see into the family that it was actually improving 
the younger yeah. brother. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like having an adult in this situation was genuinely helpful for him and he screwed it up. Yeah. And he's not a good person and he's terrible, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, he still might be my favorite character. He's fun. He's that. played weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she, like she mentions like, or no, the brother mentions like, uh, this is gonna destroy him, and she's like, it's fine. I'm gonna let him keep the car. So it's like, what is it, Robbie? Porsche. A Porsche. Yeah, okay. a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't remember the word Porsche. No, I could not. Um, like I'll let him keep the he Porsche. He points like, to me because I'm the one who knows cars. Yeah. And she's like, um, I'll let him keep the Porsche. She's like, he's like really? Yeah. It doesn't matter. He doesn't keep it locked. He's not really good at keeping on to things. And that comes back in the end where the brother, yeah. at the very end, like he's steals about to leave. Steals the car. <laughs> he just fucking steals his brother's car. Uh, if you better not speed in that because if he gets pulled over, he's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a double meaning right there, too. He's not very good at holding on to things. Yeah. He's not very good yeah, at holding on to her and he's not very good at holding on to that car. Yeah. 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 Like, even in the end, when she's leaving, he can't actually hold, like, a coherent thought of yeah. why she can't go. Yeah. Like the best, like even the last thing he says to her is, "I thought you loved discussion," which really shows that he's he hasn't grown. He's not, and he really needed that. Like yeah. he needed her to leave because you don't know what you have until it's gone. All that yada yada for sure. Kind of more shitty to put it in this situation when he cheated on her, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also goes along with even though he was growing by being with this woman, he was still in a lot of ways his same old self. Right, like. You have to willingly grow as yeah, a person. You, right. Someone can t- get. Someone can give you the hand. They can lead you to where you need to go. But you have to be the one who takes the steps to do that. You can lead a man to water, but you can't force him to drink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's a lot of like, because she's. I wish she had a little more time, quite frankly, because she's a really interesting character and a great dichotomy of the whole family. Quite yeah. frankly, yeah. It, I feel again like another character that. Because the movie's not about her, unfortunately, gets a little shafted, but... Yeah. That's that's any movie. Like, you can't give 100% screen time to every character, obviously. Yeah, and I think this movie especially is it's just an ensemble cast that yeah. you can't... Even the main character, I feel like you can't really concentrate on him. No, he doesn't... Like, there's plenty of times when the movie isn't about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it, it is honestly... For how short the movie is, uh, it fits... All of the really good and important stuff from the book, even quote like direct lines from the book, um, which this is something that I do not say very often. I think this movie is so much better than the book. Nice. It is rarity, but it does happen sometimes. Just because like the book gets extremely graphic about weird sex stuff. Oh, good. And in the book, our main character is constantly thinking about sex. And not even, I'm not even kidding. Every time he sees a new woman, he goes into detail about in which way he would like to have sex with her. Oh, man, that really kind of goes against the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Like at the beginning of the movie, for instance, when he catches the, his wife and his boss having sex and he has the cake, it then goes into detail about how he shoves the cake into his boss's ass instead of sitting there silently, and he... With the candles lit, one of the candles gets shoved up his boss's ass. And it goes into graphic detail about that for, like, four pages. Um, that's a long time to be talking about a sh- uh, candle shoved up some guy's ass. Yeah, like, that's more of the tone of the book. Like, the book is way more, I would say, awkwardly and violently sexual. 
Was the author kind of sexually frustrated while he was writing this book? I feel like probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. The or bitter about something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. both. I don't know. The uh, genre of fiction that this falls under is what I found out is called brolit, which is uh like a chick flick kind of thing. Oh. But what if more sexual in a weird guy way, um, and dumbed down in places where it shouldn't be. Okay, so it's kind of just sexist sounds. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is why I think the movie does better. Like I think, uh, mm-hmm. even though it was written by the same person, mm-hmm. the screenplay was. I think maybe he had a few more years under his belt, or maybe like somebody behind the scenes being like, "Hey, maybe don't have your character talk about his dick all the time." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I they, never thought oh, of it man, that way. Like, yeah, <laughs> this movie already has plenty of dick and. It does. Like, there is a lot of, like, sexual humor and sexual undertones to it. Right. But it's there's, not nearly as bad as the book. There's a character whose thing is he's just called Boner in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And the youngest brother is always, like, smacking his dick. Yeah. Yeah. Very gay. Yeah, yeah, very gay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I guess another thing I'll say in a positive about this movie, I think they got the family dynamic down really well. Yes. It feels like a family. It doesn't feel like Hallmark-ass family it doesn't feel like these are just f- people who are forced to be together it feels like a family w- through thick and thin basically yeah like even when they're pissy and mad at each other like you can still tell like there's some sort of like chemistry or enjoyment out of being next to each other which is like what a family is yeah yeah that's I- honestly why i consider it like a thanksgiving film for myself at least because like that's kind of how i feel about a lot of family like man you guys suck anyway that was funny huh there is that good family dichotomy but it is still I was about to say Hollywoodized, but that's not the right word. <laughs> I can English. Um, it is made more palatable, I guess you can say. Yeah. Than what a real family would be because it gets a lot more messy, especially whenever fights like that happen. Uh, I've seen different fights in our family that sometimes actually went off, off into like legitimate fist fights. Yeah, yeah. And there's other times to where like everybody has to get involved and you can't tell who's saying what because everybody has to try to get their two cents in, which I think is probably one of the reasons why I tend to interrupt whenever I feel like I need to say something. <laughs> and then there's the ones where like uh, people just want to know the details of what's going on. And like, they're basically just eating popcorn while watching two people argue. I did a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo would get crazy. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, so something that I think uh, I'll, I'll throw a criticism at this film. E I'll be fair oh, yeah. about this. <laughs> um, something that I think the movie doesn't need honestly is the relationship with penny i feel like that's one step too far for the character to have uh struggling with like another romantic relationship character wise it makes a sense ish but i just feel like there's portions of it in the movie that just feel unnecessary i will say uh him him like saying that there's going to be a relationship towards the end of it like i guess not saying out loud, but kind of hinting that, like, you know, they're going to get together right. at the end of it was uh, a little bit too hallmarky for my taste. Like, I think yeah. it would have been better if they would have ended on that of, like, that note of them having, like, a mutual agreement of, like, this happened and, like, we, 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 or we may not get together because it's too complicated, but it still happened between us. And, like, I'm sorry it happened the way that it did. I, w- I would have, like, it would have felt more real if yeah. it would have just ended there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like been like hey like we both like went into this and we like it wasn't a mistake but it surely did happen didn't it yeah and uh i guess we'll talk later or not like that that yeah, would have like, been way better yeah that would it would have been way more realistic at least i'm sure that there's there's a chance that it may have happened like that in some version of that script and then someone's like no there has to be some happiness in here because like every now and then you'll actually hear about some movie 
none popped to mind right now, but I'm sure if I had some time to sit down and think about it, I could think of plenty like this to where they wanted it to have like a more of a depressing tone to it to certain things, but there's some producer or some director or someone in the staff that was just like, nope, it has to be happy. Like we can't we watched do it this way. On this podcast, but I can't. We probably watched a couple it. on the podcast like that. Was it in February? I don't know. No, I think there was one where we actually watched the like cut ending, and we were like, "This was way better." What the hell? Are you talking about what dreams may come? No, no, no. That we hated that ending. That ending was way worse. I just listened to that episode. We were hated that alternate ending. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There is a lot to love about this movie, though. I do agree with that. Like. A lot of the characters in this movie, because it has an A-listed cast, a lot of them are very charismatic, and they yeah. carry their characters very well. Um, each of them, like, you know, they kind of play their part of it, you know, where the older brother is that tough, I have to keep everything moving, I have to keep everything running. Now that dad's out of the picture, I have to take up the role that he had beforehand, which is why he's trying to hold on to this business and say, like, I'm going to run it, and I'm going to keep it moving. And then everyone's like, well, I want a piece of it. He's like, well, you're not going to, oh, like, well, you're a piece of shit, so you can't keep, or can't hold on to this like what he says to his younger brother right and like how the younger brother is a black sheep of the family and the least mature and then jason bateman being the middle child who's just kind of there yeah <laughs> or at least he feels like he's kind of there he's not but he has that di- uh, dichotomy of like oh i'm just the middle child he's there when they need him to be yeah there. exactly <laughs> yes yeah which is you know what a middle child will probably tell you about that are uh, about their lives is that they're the ignored one until someone needs them just yeah only have two children, so you can't have a middle child. <laughs> it's a lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, actually, I want to say, one, the scenes that I really, really like in this movie, and I don't know why, they just make me feel like, I don't know, like 16 again? It's weird. The movie with Jack, Zac Efron in it? Yeah. Damn. It makes me feel like Zac Efron. <laughs> no. When he's like in the basement, the basement scenes, when he's like just laying in bed and everyone's like arguing, or like when he's taking a shower, or like when he like finds all his dad's like old music equipment and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like that. I, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Especially like the fucking badass, like fat, like ass bed. That like oh, it yes. doesn't even close all yeah. the way, and you're just like, well, I guess I'm. This is where I'm sleeping yeah, for yeah. the week. Like, I definitely get what you mean, especially like just like being in a your relatives like room and not really have anything to do, so you're just kind of like checking everything out. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it accomplishes that feeling so perfectly. Well, it's also that it kind of also accomplishes that feeling of like I do not want to deal with this right now. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what I got out of that because like there have been times that like I've been at a friend's house or a family's house and I heard someone arguing in the next room. And all I was thinking is like, God, how can I avoid this? Yeah. And you like have to do that like weird walk around. And you're like, well, I really need water. Okay, so I'm... I just have to try and ignore all this and get a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> well, either that or like you have to like find some excuse to be like, hey, like I'm really thirsty. So I'm going to go walk down to the gas station to get water. Just water in the sink. Yeah. Gas station. I need gas station water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm very picky. I'm low about... on fuel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, honestly, some of my favorite scenes, weirdly enough, were the ones wherever... Um, Jason Bateman and Tina Fey are actually talking together because I think that just kind of reminds me of it reminds me a little bit of like the back and forth that me and my real sister have. Right. Uh, but like that being said, like it's just me and her and the family uh, kids wise. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like one of those like, you know, me and her fight every now and then. And she always does like the oh, like, well, this is going to be better for you anyway. So you need to do this. And then me and her argue back and forth about it. But like me and her fight and everything the way that siblings do. But like at the same time, like me and her have a i think me and her have a very good relationship yeah in the same way that you and sam do yeah um the the characters that i would say like i relate to the most it's not even through the whole movie like in literally the one scene um whenever the youngest brother and tina Fey's character are like in the yard and she's taking part of a crib in the yard for some reason 
I, I think know. she's like getting it. Yeah, set she's up just getting it. Set, well, she's putting it away. I think is what it is because like her that was like right after her husband left for his meeting and they yeah, had that yeah. argument and he's like, yeah, I gave you four days. I'm not staying here for seven days. I got shit to do. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. like she's just like, all right, well, I guess I'll take care of the two kids by myself while you go do or or while you go do your shit while yeah, you're supposed like, to glad be you agree all right yeah. bye yeah. <laughs> he's an asshole like he straight up says he's an asshole yeah. another character that one that's the point of his character anyways yeah. but like another character that doesn't get enough time really to understand anything he's just rich distant asshole guy yeah he's pretty basic he's a he's the kind of person like the real life version of him is somebody who'd be like well i'm brutally honest and i'm proud about that right yeah. <laughs> but imagine if that person was successful actually right. <laughs> sometimes they are sadly enough but unfortunately yeah, it's um, like and you know they're never brutally honest about good things yeah most people who say they're brutally honest are always assholes about things this Peach Crumble is fucking fantastic. I'm sorry, that's who I am. That's what I come present. I'm brutally no, honest. No, like I feel like if you're gonna be brutally honest, you gotta go whole ham, whole hog. Yeah. Be like, Mom, this is a fucking delicious sandwich. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, it's the kind of person I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> I just gotta say, it's, it comes out. <laughs> brutally honest. But yeah, the uh, the scene that uh, I kind of relate with the most is when Tina Fey is out doing that in the yard, and like the youngest brother goes up and he's like. Hey, like you're not doing great. It's okay, like to say everything's fine. Just be okay with how shitty things are. Uh, and he like goes into like you raised me. Like when I hear voices in my head telling me how to do things, like it's not mom or dad, it's you. Like I kind of I feel that way with my sister, my oldest sister. Um, cause like she honestly she basically raised me. And like when I hear like a moral voice in my head, like it's definitely not my fucking parents I hear. What? <laughs> I know. Um, yes, yeah, so like that part I like I really relate to, and it reminds me of uh, me and my sister as well. And unfortunately, uh, remind the oldest brother also reminds me of my brother. So I did. I don't think I knew you had a brother. Yeah, yeah. Even whenever you we were growing up, though, he was kind of just like here and there. Only sometimes he didn't smoke weed with you. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, that I, we should mention that scene because I think I love like, that scene. Honestly, it's a yeah, really it's fun scene. In this it, movie. It's a scene where we see three brothers who are hostile towards each other throughout the entire movie, and they finally sit down and have like a. Uh, once again, a wholesome moment together for like the first time in the movie. Yeah. They just go and have a toke in yeah. the chapel. They uh have to go to Temple, mm-hmm. uh Jewish church. And when they're sitting there, uh Jason Bateman goes into his pocket and realizes there's joints in it because yeah. he uh, wrinkled his coat up. So he had to borrow his dad's coat and his dad's coat had a bunch of joints in it because he was very sick and he used them medicinally. And he shows them to his youngest brother and his youngest brother just like kind of like awkwardly dances off and like goes into another room and then Jason Basement goes after him and they start getting high in like a uh, Sunday school yeah. type of room <laughs> and they just like joke around have fun and sing and then the oldest brother gets there and they have like a really fun heart to heart moment of like just being completely honest but still enjoying each other yeah, yeah. Of, like <laughs> man do you guys like remember when I the like older brothers like this like do you guys remember when I was like young and fun like listen we gotta get with here you were never fun you were always an asshole he's like well at least I'm consistent <laughs> yeah it's just like a really fun honest moment it, it yeah. was they did a really good job of like brothers who haven't seen each other in years finally having a chance to sit down and talk to each other mm-hmm. like, you know it it does remind me a lot of like my dad and my uncles honestly yeah, yeah. it's very like them yeah the only thing I, I feel like if there's any continuity error to that scene is that uh Weed smoke would not set off a fire alarm like that. No, it would take a lot of weed. <laughs> and yeah. if th- even if it did, 
uh, the fact that they come out soaking wet, they would probably not smell like weed. Like they would have to, their clothes would have to be saturated in it in order for it to smell like weed. Being what that we didn't soaked. see is that coat is actually made of weed, just a hemp coat. <laughs> <laughs> so it was made by the people who made the van and Cheech yeah, and Chong. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> which is weird. They didn't smell it beforehand for that reason. Uh, like again, like you could tell it was written by someone who didn't actually smoke weed. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, and that's just Hollywood because they're all fuddy duddies who don't smoke weed, except for the ones who write stoner films. Yeah, and then they smoke too much weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then all they talk about is weed. Yeah, it's well, like there's no middle ground. So here's something I gotta say: there is a uh, not a lot of fun facts about this movie. Like even just sad facts. Even on the disc, the only special feature is an extended scene where you get to see Boner. Yeah, have like a really really long church session of him just basically doing stand up. That just sounds awful. It's basically like that actor just doing some stand up for a little while. Oh, okay. It's not like actually. It's like like in character. It's not like a sermon. You don't have to actually. No, no, no. God no. I've been to so many of those. I do not want to watch an extended (laughs) feature sermon. It could be ten minutes long, and that still sounds way too long to be in another sermon. Honestly, yeah. I to be fair, Ben Schwartz, the guy who plays Boner in this movie, is known for being a very good improvising stand up comedian. He's incredibly funny. He is his improv 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 improvisation. Thank oh. you. <laughs> I was never gonna get that out. I'll say this movie kinda didn't let him do much then. No, it didn't. It didn't yeah. honestly. But he's actually really funny. Yeah. Um you will know him uh I maybe will. eventually. Uh, he's the new voice of Sonic. Like in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know like you say the voice of Sonic. There's so many voices of Sonic. Well, he's the newest voice of Sonic. Like he's the American Sonic yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no longer. For the movie that came out, uh, one of the last movies to come out for yeah. 2019. It's it's like the top grossing in America or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fucking weird. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to win that's Best Picture. I'm sad. They should have just released the SpongeBob movie and maybe that could have contested because it's SpongeBob. You know, though, the SpongeBob movie is on Netflix in UK. Everywhere else. Yeah, literally everywhere but the US. Yeah, because they're like <laughs> really hoping they can release it in theaters and yeah. they're not going to. No, even if they do, who the fuck's going to take their kids to see SpongeBob right now? You're right. There's a lot of people. <laughs> e just gave me a look like, fucking really? I really <laughs> um, but there are a few fun facts. It literally all has to do uh, with the director of this film. This was his first R-rated film. Uh, this is R-rated directorial debut, I guess I should say. He's directed other stuff before this. Mostly family-friendly stuff and shows. Big Fat Liar, Just Married, Cheaper by the Dozen, Night at the Museum 1, 2, and 3, <laughs> Stranger Things, and one that I feel like E, you will know this one. I would be shocked if you don't know this one, seeing as you know so many fucking weird Disney shows. <laughs> Jet Jackson? Uh-uh. That's, you don't know that one? Nope. Liz couldn't recall it either. Do you remember Jet Jackson, Robbie? Nope. It was about a kid who is like a movie star, and he moves back to his hometown, and he has to, they like move the filming from the show to his hometown, and half of it's about him like being an action movie star, and then him like living normal life. Oh, that old show then. Yeah, Wait, it's no, no, really no. old. It was a Disney show. No, I'm thinking of a different show. I'm thinking about that one of that kid that was a secret eight, or that was like a Agent secret Cody agent. Banks. No, no. Um, this one's older than Cody Banks. Oh wow. Uh, I can't remember his name. The what? Yeah, that one about that kid who like he was a high school student, but he's also a secret agent. Kim Possible. So that's the thing. Like that's how they show it in the show. But he's a movie star, and they had a movie where at the beginning of the movie he bonks his head, and then he thinks he's a secret agent who was a high schooler. 
It might be the same thing. It might not be the same thing. Maybe. It sounds way. <laughs> I, th- I could have sworn that would have been what the weird no. fucking obscure thing that you would have known, E. I do know Night at the Museum, though. Okay, good. <laughs> so I know what he was. He, I know. Also, Big Fat Liar, but I don't know what that movie's actually about. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, though. Um, okay, fu- yeah, that is what I was thinking of. I had to okay. see the actor. Okay, okay cool. Big Fat Liar uh, stars Frankie Muniz and the one girl who was on a bunch of Nick stuff. Amanda Bynes. Oh, oh okay. she had the Amanda show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Drake and Josh starred in the Amanda Bynes show as, like, sketch troupe people for her. Yeah, she, Drake was a stoner. Yeah. Except they couldn't say that. Yeah, but, but that's he what was it was. They just had to imply it heavily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, starring uh, Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Huh. And their pre- principal is, like, a giant douche that's, like, stealing money from the school. And the school's about to get shut down. And, and I think there's something him? with a zoo. They almost kill him, I think, actually. <laughs> like, they kidnap him, and I think they try to extort money or something. Okay. I haven't seen that movie for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, like, I, I know, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but, like, I just couldn't, like, recollect anything about it. It would be about 17 years since I've seen that movie. Yeah, so. that's fair. All right. Anyways, this isn't the <laughs> Big Fat Liar podcast. <laughs> Maybe one day. Um, <laughs> that would be a weird one. Yeah. Uh, Considering the type of movies we usually review on here, that would be a weird one. But honestly, looking at, like, his IMDb credits, he is far and away more of a producer of things than he was a director. Like, I named off a few of the things that he's directed, including some Stranger Things episodes, which is yeah. pretty big as of late. Um, yeah, that has some following, at least. Yeah. Um, but, like, some weird movies that he produced were um, The Spectacular Now, which was, like, a weird indie drama about a young alcoholic child finding his father. Okay. <laughs> um uh, Arrival, which is about aliens. What? And uh, The Watch, huh. which we had on this podcast. Yeah. He produced that. That was weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was I on that one? Yeah. Yeah. That was the Ben Stiller comedy. You know where they make the neighborhood watch? Yes, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, the Ghostbusters is not Ghostbusters. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, quartet. <laughs> Cars are circles. That wasn't the watch. I know, but you know, <laughs> bring it all back around. Or Ghostbusters. <laughs> that wasn't any of the things. Cars are circles. <laughs> you just really wanted to say that again, didn't you? Yeah, I kind of Just did. admit it. Yeah, okay. I just want to say that. So, <laughs> well, I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. So, the fun fact is he gets around with his movies. Um, Yeah, like, he, uh, directorial-wise, this is the only artist thing he's done, which is... Weird. I would say uh, Stranger Things is maybe closest to an yeah. R. Even then, like, this is easily a PG-13. Yeah, you can cut it down to a PG-13 pretty easily. Although, oh, actually, yeah. for the time, you might have had to remove the gay stuff to make it PG-13. In 2014? Maybe. I think so. Maybe. I think I think now you still kind of have to not have gay stuff on or TV. else you're an R. Yeah. 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 Actually, I would just, we kind of glossed over that. Um, It feels really weird in this movie. Like, it doesn't feel like... To where, like, the mom just like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a lesbian now. Not even, like, I can, I I kind of buy it with her, but, like, the movie itself feels weird with how they frame it. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel in good faith, if that makes sense. It's it's almost like a gotcha. Yeah, yeah. like, it feels like, haha, you didn't, you didn't expect that, now did you? Yeah. Considering they have, like, one very, very, like, it's something you would never see coming. Uh, because they give one very small hint that unless you've seen this movie before, you wouldn't know what's happening. Yeah, like they get in an argument and she's very upset at one point in the movie. Uh, and she goes upstairs and she's like, we're not sitting shiva tonight. I'm calling it for rain because it's raining outside. And like, you wouldn't guess that that was why she was so upset. You would just assume it's like friends arguing. 
Um, which I guess is kind of the point because they're like keeping it a secret. But well, it does like, feel out of nowhere. Like, I was actually going to say another thing. So maybe there is more than one uh, little hint to where it, uh, I was going to say whenever they're having the Chev out there and he just got done telling everyone that his wife uh, slept with his boss. And then he goes into the kitchen and he talks to her and he's just like, like your wife or your husband died like 20 years ago. How come he never remarried? Right. And he was like, oh, yeah. That was- yeah. And she's just like, oh, there's just some things you don't really do whenever or there's everybody deals with it in different ways. Yeah. Maybe that like it's very not like it's very abstract of what she means and it I it's just like I'm not I don't know. It's kind of like in a lot of 90s cartoons where they had to like imply characters were gay but you couldn't mm-hmm. go too far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It feels like that like hey Arnold the teacher like stuff like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is one thing I'll say is done an itsy bitsy tiny better in the book. Um, but only because afterwards they give a lot more time of explanation on it and not just like, yeah, I mean, you know, our husbands died, yeah, so we bisexual. decided to, you know, start kissing each other. Yeah. Um, which is basically what the movie does. Uh, I think the book is more like, yeah, we like fell in love. This is how we did it. This is what started happening. And like your, my, my husband was extremely, my husband, your father was extremely like supportive of it. He knew he couldn't provide for me in that way. And he, he, he encouraged this and it like goes way more into that. Um, which makes it feel more earned. Yeah, yeah. Which it doesn't feel in the movie. No, it really feels like just like haha, like haha, plot convenience. Yes, actually, it's it's uh, almost a Deus Ex Machina because like yeah. ev- everybody's like tensions are to a tipping point to where, to like, where they're fighting and like tagging each other on the lawn and like this just feels like a I don't know how to round myself out of this. Uh, they kiss now. Yeah, like it kind of sucks because it's one of those things. Like it's kind of neat that they would actually do that in a movie mm-hmm. but it's just doesn't feel earned yeah. yeah it doesn't feel earned you're right you're right and again like this movie has a lot of good uses of Chekhov's gun and stuff so it feels really weird that they dropped the ball pretty hard on this like I feel like they could have easily implied like have stuff happen early in the movie where like oh hey you're here really early today are you here to set up like stuff like that yeah. like hint it throughout the movie if you're gonna do that yeah yeah like honestly that would be perfect like just you're here yeah. really early like Oh yeah, I just you know want to help set up, like yeah. that would have been, that would have helped a lot. I think actually. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, it's actually speaking of Chekhov's gun, some of it's like super fucking subtle to where like unless you knew certain things, like you probably wouldn't get it. Like a one good example, like I don't know if you guys noticed it whenever they went into the bar, and I was like, oh, it's an interesting song they're playing for this or uh, for this scene. For it was uh, that song "Better Man" by Pearl Jam. On there, and the main reason I know that is because I heard that on the radio all the time whenever I used to work. And I can't, and, I couldn't hear a single one of those songs they were ever playing in this movie. I'm not gonna lie. The thing, <laughs> the sad thing is, I've heard that song enough that like that's the one song that stuck out to me. But like, it's weird they use that for this movie, especially like that scene, just because like the to give you a hint of it, like the chorus of that song is uh, she lies and says that she's in love with him because she can't find a better man. For that huh, kind of yeah. going into like that weird, um, kind of I guess some of the a lot of the relationships of this movie. I would say it's incredibly purposeful. Yeah. A movie soundtrack is a very useful thing. Yeah. I think, honestly, um, there's two times in the movie where... Actually, I'm going to say there's two times in the movie where I think silence is used really well and one time where I think the soundtrack is really great. Um, The silence at the very beginning, uh, when he figures out that his wife was cheating on him... Not figures out, he sees her doing it. um, And then he goes and sits down and just 
all of the noise of the world cancels out because like we've talked about on this podcast yeah. a few times like when something really traumatic happens like you just kind that just kind of is yeah. how it feels everything it's just like, washes yeah. away all you can really hear is the ringing in your ears if you have that basically yeah and then the next time is he's sitting in the basement when he finds all of his dad's old sound gear that he used to play with like music gear and you hear arguing upstairs and he puts the headphones on and it's just nothing and uh it's just like a weird sense of peace yeah it's very powerful and i think something a lot of people can honestly relate to yeah I yeah think- well, I, I shouldn't say a lot of people because I don't know how no. many people try to escape that <laughs> I would kind say of most stuff. people. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people have their uh, their calm seas in, a, uh, in an ocean of chaos, if you will. Yeah, um, and then I think where the uh, soundtrack works really well is the last song that plays whenever uh, everyone's starting to leave and uh, Bateman's like, deciding to go and stuff like that. And it's just like that silent goodbye between him and his mom like saying, like, all right, uh, you're leaving. I understand. I get it. Uh, I think the music that's used there is really good, too. A lot of um, very pur- purposefully done things in this movie. Yeah. Some of it's sloppily, but some of, uh, most of it's pretty good, though, too. The last little uh, thing I'll throw out here is the box office. So this one is uh, I'm a little sad about. The uh, budget was an estimated $20 million, with an opening weekend of $12 million, and a worldwide gross of $41 million. So they technically made back their money? They might have just barely made their money back because there wasn't a lot of advertising for this movie. Yeah. So I think they might have barely, barely made their money back. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's actually higher than I was really expecting. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because this isn't like a go to theater kind of movie. You're right. You are right. I say this a lot. Like (laughs) there's theater to movies and there's like this is more like on the indie side of movies. Yeah, it, like honestly, when we were starting, I was gonna make the joke of when he had the cake and just sat down in like the dining. I thought I was gonna joke that he was just gonna eat the entire cake on screen because <laughs> there's a movie well, that I showed me called Ghost Story where you watch a girl eat a pie for like ten minutes, and it's the most agonizing ten <laughs> minutes. I probably would have watched this movie by now because you guys have said enough that I'm just curious to watch it. But Dry wants to have it on it. the podcast. Yeah, he I, we have talked about it having it on the podcast, so I've. I've stayed off of watching it so mm. far. Yeah, I got early plans for that one next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was going to joke that he was just going to sit there. We might just like, have a month of like <laughs> movies that we really like, but we understand that other people don't. I don't, I don't have any of those. <laughs> Me and Dry have a lot of those. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it's weird because it does kind of have like that indie feeling feel yeah. to it, but it is a big studio movie. I it's a like, that's WB this, movie. It has all those actors that I don't know, yeah. Yeah, like the fact that it costs twenty million dollars is fucking insane. <laughs> it, like once again, it makes sense for an A list or a bunch of A listed actors. I think the only one that like is an A listed actor, but probably wasn't considered an A listed actor at the time, would be Adam Driver and uh, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is the movie that made me fall in love with Adam Driver. Like I was unsure about him. See the young brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also plays um, Kylo. Kylo Ren in Star Wars: The New Trilogy. That's a very different role. Very different role, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but honestly, yeah, I fell in love with him from this movie. He plays such a strange character in it. Yeah, he's like a realistic kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, they're like, for me, kind of saying like this movie's eh with some of it, like me being the middle ground for this person. They they did a really good job playing their characters. Like, there's for everyone when they played their parts, it's like, yeah, I think I know someone like that. Yeah. Like, oh, I grew up with someone like that. Like, oh, I definitely know someone like that. For sure, for sure. Um, but I guess let's get to uh, final thoughts here. Start wrapping this this last normal episode of the year off. Uh, e, final Hi. thoughts. Um, I think I have made 
my thought about the movie pretty clear, <laughs> and I recognize a lot of effort was put in this movie. I recognize there's a lot of quality aspects about this movie, but ultimately I do just struggle a lot with the topics and the characters in the movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm not... I think there is a def. You can definitely tell that from if you listen to the last kiss versus this movie, that is a very different tone of how I am presenting my thoughts on this movie. This movie does not make me angry about it. I'm a little disappointed in certain aspects, but I'm not angry. (laughs) What are you? I'm not angry. I'm just upset. (laughs) (laughs) I think ultimately, rating wise, I think I will give it a six. That's better than I expected. <laughs> I didn't dislike this movie. I just like, eh. All right. All right. Uh, Robbie. And for me also being in the middle of the ground, I did also did not dislike this movie. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I do see some tropes that like, once again, it seems very indie within the script writing of it. And like you said, within the book of it and everything. But since they had a bunch of A-listed actors and this being a WB movie, it, it felt like a AAA studio trying to... Uh, like put their hands into the indie side of everything. Mm-hmm. Like what would, what would happen if indie had a big budget kind of thing <laughs> is almost what it feels like. And I can see some of the tropes, and like I said, some of the things were done sloppily, like the mother and her lesbian relationship that could have been done better. Um, I feel like the relationship between Jason Bateman and Rose Bryan's character with her playing Penny and uh, like that could have possibly been done better. Like I feel once again, I think it was just that ending scene between the two of them of like, kind of like will they won't they but more up uh, but leaning more towards the will they mm-hmm. and they should have left it way more open and more of like this may be the last time we talk to each other yeah like i probably would have felt better with that because it would have felt more real in a movie that all in all feels very real with dealing with grief and dealing with family subjects and all that stuff even though we're not in the lower middle class range that this family it definitely <laughs> is in <laughs> Bring it back, Robbie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there gotta be a lot of people listening. <laughs> but that, like the the scent, it deals with a lot of sensitive subjects, and it does deal with them well. Whether it's like you know people cheating on their spouses, or people being unsure about their lives, or like people who are men child, which whether it's uh, Wade Dak Shepard's character or or Philip, yeah, because both of them in a weird way are men are man childs, but one is more adult than the other one is, and one of them is growing a lot more than the other one is, and so like. There's a lot of realism in this movie of like dealing with complicated people and them growing as growing as people and like showing even throughout all the chaos they still love each other as family and everything. Mm-hmm. But once again, like I feel like it 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 almost feels tropey in some ways too. So I think that it kind of it's why I have somewhat mixed feelings. But all in all, it is a good movie. It did make me think, and it made me kind of like I said look at a lot of characters and like think of times wherever I had moments like that in my life with family and friends and all those things too but all in all it is an enjoyable movie I'd say 7.5 all right uh as for me uh I've I think I've worn my emotions from this movie on my sleeve this whole time yeah um I unfortunately you're wearing a muscle shirt (laughs) (laughs) and no pants (laughs) weird choice but it's your house so whatever we can't say anything I really do love this movie, uh, even in ways like I feel like I shouldn't love it, honestly. Like, I feel like in some ways it doesn't earn that kind of, like, respect or or love for this movie that I have. But it just, I don't know, there's something about it that just kind of keeps me coming back to it. I don't know if it's uh, the strong emotions from scene to scene or how it handles grief or... Um, 
kind of the acceptance of grief even of just like saying like it's okay to grieve and be sad and be okay with things not being okay i don't know there's something about this movie that that kind of has me hooked with it it's really good it's one that i like to come back to every november because it does give me that oddly enough thanksgiving feeling as uh weird and odd as that is um yeah, like I said, it's one of those few movies where I feel like you can go back to it in different points in your life. You you feel different things and see different things in it, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I really do love it. I, In good faith, I can't give it the high, high score that I want to because it's just not the movie it is. I'm going to give it an eight. With it, A the, great movie, but a flawed movie, if anything. It is flawed. It is. It does have a lot of flaws. I can't disagree with that. There are a lot of criticisms that have been pointed out that this movie earns, I think. But even with those criticisms, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like one thing that's actually worth saying with this being the last movie of our first year of podcasting, to be fair for us, like giving hard criticisms about movies, I'm sure if the three of us made a movie, it may be like a three or four in our own rating. Uh, I would be I would be shocked if we even gave it a a rental. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, three or four is like pass is like pass or stream territory for all of us, I'd say mostly pass because like from what I can tell from our backlogging and everything we've given one movie like a two or a three <laughs> yeah, yeah the christmas so. prince yeah and all of us were like prince. unless you want to make fun of it just pass I th- actually i think i had the highest rating and i said it was five because it's completely whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man the christmas prince huh yeah. i mean i've definitely given also lower spe- ratings <laughs> actually the speaking years, of other christmas movies i don't think we ever gave a, uh, an actual rating to krampus what? Yeah, I went back and re-listened to the entire episode, and I do not, or I did not hear a rating. We gave it, I think we gave it like a pass, or, no, we, we weren't even doing that at that point. Huh. We were just, we pass. just talked about it. <laughs> That's if how bad it was. If you're listening yeah. to this, pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, Krampus was like the third or fourth film, I it think. It was early on. Yeah. It was very early on. We were still the it was the pains. Because it was episode five, but we uh, did a two-parter for... Uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, for Forrest Gump, because that was before yeah. we were okay with having two hour long episodes. You know what? <laughs> Looking is... back, if I were to rename the Krampus episode, I would I would rename it Let's Crap on Krampus. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. I will still argue that you never see that car. Did you see the fucking Jeep? <laughs> no, you don't. You see a shadow of it. The Jeep. the Jeep that blows up in the beginning. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Old this, is, this is not the Krampus podcast. <laughs> you can go back and listen to that if you have a death wish. Go yeah, ahead. I wouldn't recommend no. it. No. <laughs> uh, a lot of our first episodes are very rough. Yeah, they're pretty rough. Um, but yeah, man, what a year, what a year, huh? Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, speaking of, uh, you know, flawed people and growing uh, growing and becoming trying to become better, I feel like we've grown a lot with this year of the podcast and just the crazy year we've had in general. Not me. I'm the same. <laughs> well even whenever it comes to, like you know the production quality of what we yeah. do with this too is what i was saying we have three times as many mics <laughs> honestly man if you listen to like this episode and listen to our first episode it's almost unrecognizable as the yeah. same thing yeah it's insane but yeah man thank thank you e for this entire year really okay <laughs> thank you robbie yeah of course uh, this, this has been a good, technically two seasons, I think it's listed as. This is a good <laughs> seven seasons that we did. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. This is, like we've been saying, the last normal episode of the year. Yep, yep. Um, we're gonna be this doing- This one's going out on Thanksgiving? It's gonna be out on Thanksgiving. We're going to be recording a 
bunch of end of the year stuff that we're going to be rolling out all through September. Not September. <laughs> yeah, like it starts with the first episode so we're just gonna, where we like, review September by Ice, Wind, and Fire, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Do you remember? Da, 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 the first of September. Or is it the 7th? 21st of September. 20, Why would it be the, the 21st? The 21st night of September because that's when he did it. Did what? It. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this this song gets a 10 out of 10, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the direction we're going in next year. We're going to do songs now. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> very short episodes. Each one's like four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, all through December, I meant to say. Um, all through December, we'll be we'll be rolling out a bunch of end-of-the-year content. We have a bunch of stuff planned for that that's going to be, I think, really, really fun. Maybe a bunch of smaller episodes, honestly. Um, the the behind-the-scenes production part of that hasn't been super discussed. We know what we're doing. We don't know how it's being cut up. Um, we need to actually sit down and discuss that. Yeah, yeah, there will be a meeting. But yeah, I'll, a part of it. Yeah, you'll be a part okay. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be a part of it. The CEO. Yeah, we're not recasting you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> However, the CEO may be there, so be on your best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets paid the same as us, though. So you know, he's a real good guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all that stuff is gonna be coming out all through December, and then we have. A very, very special episode coming out Christmas Day that I am not excited about. <laughs> I am, but not for the reasons you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a really fun episode, though, I think. That's going to be a bonus episode. That's not going to be counted towards any season. Yeah. That's just going to be a little bonus thing. Um, I, no, here we go. Season three is just all of the December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's season three, just December. Uh, no, but we're going to probably have like a bunch more episodes coming up uh, through December. And we're going to try and keep a normal-ish thing going with the live shows. We'll see how that goes. No promises on the live shows. Nope. Um, but we're going to try and do some stuff with that while we're on our little break and not recording, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be... The end of the year content is going to be fun, I think. I think so. It's going to be a lot of yelling, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you make of it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like this movie. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Wrap it all around. Yes. Guys. <laughs> I don't know why I gave it a bump. Uh, e. Yes, hi. People want to get a hold of us. Where can they do that? We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. The last ones in and the last ones in podcast, respectively, I believe. I think so. Probably. Yeah. If you look that up, you might find it. We're okay. there somewhere. We have an email. The last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is... The last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your Thanksgiving. But Robbie, on our last regular episode of the year, take us out. So, considering how this year has gone, especially here in America, I'm not sure if there's going to be protests or not by this point. There fucking already are. Yeah, there, there might be more. But if you are, no matter what side you chose with the protests or the celebrations, do both of them safely. Wear a mask. Use hand sanitizer. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. It's important to try to stay healthy around these times. Yeah. But if not, still stay healthy. <laughs> stay home. Stay alone. Stay alive. And uh, whether this is the very first episode you listened to or you've been with us since the beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah. This has been a great year. Thank you. We'll see you during the holidays and our end of the year content. And then hopefully see you next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Have a great one. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
can't just do a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs>